Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Escafil Files, a book analysis podcast where one diehard fan and one newbie start yet another podcast about Animorphs, the children's book series by K.A. Applegate. I'm Danielle, I use she or they pronouns, and you can find me on the internet at redtailtalk90. Uh, we'll be making our way through the books one book at a time, analyzing the themes and how they stand up to time, and sharing the experience with our friends on Discord, the link to which you can find in the show notes. Uh, Jade is not with me here today, because today we are doing a coda uh, on book 32, The Separation, which presumably you have just listened to, if you are listening to this now, because I'm going to set them up to go out one right after the other. Uh, and today we're joined, rejoined, by a guest. Welcome back, Izzy. Hi! <laughs> My name is Izzy, I use uh, CCR pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at the Shondier. Reminders, uh, in case you're listening to this at some point after you listened to Jade and I discuss book 32, some book-specific content warnings uh, include more violence than usual, uh, more Satanism than usual, uh, panic, panic attacks, and claustrophobia. Um, now, we invited Izzy to come talk to us about the separation, um, because of some of the themes around identity that, uh, the separation deals with. There's so um, much. <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, and, uh, Izzy, why don't you talk about kind of... One, how you felt about this book, reading it in general. Um, and two, um, kind of what, what angle you're coming at this from. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, firstly, this was a good book. It was difficult for me to, like, put it down and actually make notes on it because it went. Like, mm -hmm. once it started, it kept going in a way that it was like, oh, God. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the both of the Rachels had me cringing, not necessarily a second in embarrassment way, it was just how extreme they both were. I mm -hmm. was just like, mm, this is a lot. This sure is a lot. Mm -hmm. Um But like overall I thought it was very good. Um except for like the end. <laughs> <laughs> where they really they really they just they just they they just like plowed right through that they were just like mm, nah <laughs> we're not gonna spend any time on this like okay <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah one of the things that jade and i talked about uh was how the the two rachels are they do not sum up to the whole of rachel um and they are so extreme that neither one seems representative of the parts of Rachel. Yeah, it's um, it feels like something was lost. Yes. Between mm -hmm. the two of them. And to a degree, I can kind of... So, to segue into what I'm going to... Like, the angle I'm coming at this from... When you separate a person, a lot of people who don't deal with the thing I'm going to be talking about tend to try and separate the parts, like, cleanly. Mm -hmm. There's a very clean separation, and you can kind of see all the pieces of the original person. But in reality, when you split a person into parts, something's going to get lost, because those parts are no longer that person. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason that I know this is because I'm going to be talking about dissociative disorders. That is the, the angle I came at this at because I myself have a dissociative disorder and mm -hmm. am not, <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm saying this in reference to myself and not to anybody else who may suffer from dissociative disorders. This is how I view myself. I need to make that clear. Um, I am not a whole person, technically. <laughs> I am mm. one piece of a puzzle that's missing pieces <laughs> and has pieces from other puzzles, you know? Mm. <laughs> and when that split happened, there were things that were lost from whoever the person who was the quote-unquote original 
was. Like, I, and you can also be like, well, you're older, obviously, but, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because looking at this through this lens of a dissociative disorder, because that's literally kind of what happened is Rachel split into two people. Like, that's what happened. She split into two people, but like mentally, those parts of her were split off into those extremes and compartmentalized in a way that when you're looking at it as as somebody who doesn't have a dissociative disorder like you Danielle um that I'm aware of no I don't you don't necessarily like yeah you don't you're like like you said it feels like something's missing mhm like it's not right and it's not it's called trauma. <laughs> um, before I continue talking, there is a disclaimer that I now have to go into because I'm going to be talking a lot of medical jargon as we go forward. I'm not a licensed medical or mental health professional, and any information that is stated or listed on this podcast is not medical or mental health advice, and any listener who takes it as such does so at their own risk. We do not take responsibility for that. I have warned you, I'm not licensed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need people to get mad at me. <laughs> I was up until like 11 something last night making sure I had enough research that I could quote things. So, <laughs> Came um, prepared. I did! Because <laughs> this is a thing that's like, I am not formally diagnosed because where I live and with the insurance I have, it's difficult to find somebody who would formally diagnose me with this. Um, because there's not a lot of, uh, people who specialize this in this, mm -hmm. you know, there's people who specialize in, you know, mental health disorders and stuff like that, but dissociative disorders specifically are very niche. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's a very small percentage of the population who has to deal with them that mm -hmm. aren't the more common ones, like just derealization and depersonalization, which is typically, uh, from PTSD. Right. So, like, finding somebody who deals with the fact, ah, you've split into multiple pieces. Like, dropping a mirror on the ground. Let's fix that. <laughs> like, finding mm -hmm. somebody who deals with that is difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know where you want us to go from here. So. Let's, let's start with, um, what, what is a dissociative disorder? Okay. So, uh, dissociative disorder are disorders that are caused by severe trauma that usually happens in early childhood. Um, it's, it's when, like, a child experiences a severe trauma of some kind, typically long-term physical, sexual, or emotional abuse, and it can develop in people who've lived through, like, natural disasters and combat. Um... The ones that I'm talking about specifically tend to develop when you're a child. Um, but there's dissociative amnesia, which is like when you struggle to remember things like, uh, particular events, information about yourself, stuff like that. That's one of the most common ones along with like depersonalization, derealization, mm -hmm. which is where like you feel, uh, just an, detachment from like your actions feelings thoughts and sensations typically a lot of people describe it as though they're looking at life as though there's somebody watching a movie or mm -hmm. somebody who's reading a book mm -hmm. um or they'll feel like things around them aren't real um and you can experience depersonalization and derealization without having that as a disorder these are people who experience them a lot <laughs> mm-hmm and then there's complex dissociative disorders, which are uh, when somebody experiences one or more of the five types of dissociative ex experiences, like depersonalization, derealization, amnesia, identity confusion, and identity alteration, and they occur as, like, continuing and repeated episodes, like they're chronic. Mm -hmm. um, these are things like most people would know dissociative identity disorder, which used to be known as multiple personality disorder, mm -hmm. which is where, you know, a lot of people, the, you ever seen the movie glass, 
I'm gonna throw that movie in the garbage. <laughs> I hate it. Um, it's typically when people think of multiple personality disorder, they're like, ah, oh, this is like, there's one person, but then they've got these alternate personalities who like are violent or really fucking weird. And it's like, yeah, that can happen, but that's a massive ableist stereotype. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times people are like, oh, somebody who's got multiple personality disorder or DID is dangerous to everybody. It's like, no, normally they're just tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> um, and then there's OSDD, which is other specified dissociative disorder. Hmm. This is when somebody meets like... Uh, like, they almost meet the diagnostic criteria for dissociative identity disorder. Um, but, like, that a lot of times with dissociative identity disorder, the other personalities have been frequently experienced by people outside of the, like, person, air quotes mm-hmm. around that singular statement, who mm-hmm. has it. Whereas with OSDD, it can be difficult to know that they have it, and they don't typically have severe amnesia. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like four subtypes that I don't really need to get into. They're here in my notes, but there's four subtypes that kind of have different varying degrees of things that happen. And then there's PSDD, um, partial dissociative identity disorder, or PSDID. Meh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, which is typically what I will tell people, like, I tell people I have OSDD slash PSDD. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, PSDID is when, like, you basically, it's the same as OSDD, but there is a dominant personality, which is usually the person that people interact with. Mm-hmm. And intrusions from, like, other personalities are infrequent or irregular or they only happen during particular distressing or emotional experiences. That's usually what happens with me. Um, like, I, Izzy, if you've ever talked to me, you've spoken to Izzy. And if somebody else is talking, they will say something. <laughs> uh, as long as it's in a safe area. Mm-hmm. Um, if you talk to me in the room where server... They feel safe enough to say something there, typically. Um, with the two Rachels, it is much more the case of like dissociative identity disorder. If they, mm. I can, like reading these books and knowing what I know about this kind of trauma, any of these kids could develop dissociative identity disorder of some kind. They mm-hmm. could develop a complex dissociative disorder. I mean, they already experience depersonalization and derealization pretty frequently in these books mm-hmm. at this point. They are, especially Rachel, yeah, who a lot of the times has said, like, when she's, like, thinking about things, it feels like what she has done is, like, almost somebody else, but she also knows it's her. Mm-hmm. Like, she has this, like, detachment from the things that she's done, because if she doesn't, she's not going to be able to function, right? It's a coping mechanism. The whole point of dissociative disorders is they're a coping mechanism for severe trauma. Um, No, I'm not going to go into my trauma. Just know I have experienced trauma. <laughs> um, And, like... With this specifically, like, when you have the um, different personalities, like, to pull on my own experience to kind of give a bit more relatability to what's happening with Rachel in this book is I have... Let me grab my phone. I can never remember how many people are here. (laughs) (laughs) I have an app for it, actually. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's actually a really nice app. Uh, very easy to use. It's called Simply Plural. It's very nice. Members. One, two, three. I'm not counting myself. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, Eleven people who are quote-unquote regulars. You know, people who I know 
regularly are here in some capacity. Um, and typically the people that you'll interact with would be Orpheus, who is, um, a caretaker, which is, it means that, like, he takes care of people in system. A lot of the times he will front when I'm struggling to handle day-to-day tasks or situations, or if I've had a very bad day, he'll take over. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very, very friendly. Also, like, if anybody ever speaks to him, he's very friendly. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally just sunshine in a person. Um, And that's a very extreme kind of way to describe but that's like how he is he does Mm -hmm. on his own suffer from like depression and anxiety but he is better at coping with it than i am um and a lot of times when when people talk to him he's very bright very bubbly very more extreme than you would expect somebody you're speaking to to be bright and bubbly. Like people talk to me and they're like, oh, you're so bright and bubbly. Orpheus is me times like three, <laughs> which is a lot. <laughs> um, or there's a Royal who's a protector. It means that he will protect the body and the people like who exist here, who exist in the system. Um, from like other traumas harm ourselves stuff like that um the extreme that he goes in is he's grumpy (laughs) that's the best way to put it (laughs) i'm describing people and they're coming like closer so i can hear them behind me talking as i'm talking about them like hey what the fuck how dare you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Orpheus I'm was right just here. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I'm right here. What the fuck? Orpheus was just like, I am bright and bubbly. Royal's like, hey, excuse you. <laughs> I'm like, what? You are grumpy. <laughs> the internal conversation. Mm-hmm. Um But his extreme is that he is difficult to talk to. Um in a way he comes off, even though he is trying to be friendly he comes off very very like not aloof but just like cold and uh like set apart Mm -hmm. uh in a way that like people find off-putting and it's a defense mechanism you know whoever was the original quote original core which is the original person which is a technically a proper term but it is not one that is typically used anymore because there are a lot of systems who don't have a core we don't have a core that core split into two people (laughs) me and somebody else who never fronts because he hates it (laughs) Mm. um but like a lot of times these types of personalities will split off from the quote-unquote original and they are more extreme in how they act, how they talk, and the way that they react to things. And extreme can mean, like, extremely violent, or it's taking an emotion and or, like, a way that somebody will act and dialing it up to 11. And that's what happened with the two parts of Rachel. Mm. Uh, I have a note, actually, in here. Let me scroll and find it. So, talking more about, like, the different roles that people can play in a system, Mean Rachel is what is known as a persecutor. And a persecutor is an alter or person who splits off in response to a lot of, like, self-hatred, anger, confusion, things like that. They are somebody whose entire existence is to lash out. Mm-hmm. They'll lash out at the people around you to try and burn bridges. They will hurt the physical body. They will hurt other, like, headmates in the, uh, like, internal headspace. They'll hurt themselves. They 
their existence is essentially just to hurt. And they can be angry. Mm. And mean Rachel is, we see it. She has like multiple just violent, angry fits where she just ends up on the ground, unable to move beyond just thrashing because she is so angry and has nothing to take it out on but herself. Mm. And then nice Rachel is, I don't want to call her this, but that is kind of the vibe is she's very regressive and she feels a lot like a system little system. Littles are usually minors. That's why they're called littles, not no relation to whatever the fuck anybody who's listening to this just thought what a little was. <laughs> Not going into that. They're two separate terms. Um, but it's somebody who, it's it's an alter who splits off and is very regressive. It's somebody who is very childlike or is a child, seeks comfort and reassurance and acts like they can't take care of themselves it, to a degree. Nice Rachel does that. She seeks comfort in the things that she knows in what Rachel did before Animorphs shopping, boys, or friends. And she finds a lot of the things that she used to do, like like as Rachel as a whole, very scary. And that's usually what happens with those kinds of regressive headmates. Um and like if they were all in the same body, I would actually say that there should be a third person here. Um, because when they split in half, you're right. Something went missing and it doesn't necessarily go away completely. Usually what happens is it becomes another person who mm-hmm. may or may not be there, like, obviously. Mm-hmm. This would have been somebody who's very quiet and who's just there. Not necessarily to balance out the other two, but would be probably the person most people would talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be a very different Rachel than the one that we would know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't be able to really go into, like, you could tell me what you think that person would be like. I'm not entirely sure, because that sort of thing manifests differently in everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the amount of anger and the amount of, like, want for comfort that went into Mean Rachel and Nice Rachel, this other one feels like they would be almost a protector type. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is yeah. what Rachel is. That's who Rachel is as a whole, is a protector of some yeah. kind. Um, this would be... Not necessarily a caretaker, but just a protector. Some Somebody who wants to make sure everybody else is safe and does their fucking damnedest to put themselves between danger and the other person. Mm-hmm. Which is who Rachel is, but it this person, this other personality would not have that same, because it's missing pieces wouldn't have the same energy that we get from Rachel as a whole. Right. Um, pardon me thinks that that person is wherever the bits of starfish went that kind of, you know, cause this kid was cutting her in half with a metal shovel. Mm-hmm. That's not a clean cut. Right. So we're missing pieces. Uh, and, you know, Z-Space and morphing is weird, so when they morph back together, like, when they they just, with the electric shock, just slooped back together, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Z-Space was like, here's the rest of ya! <laughs> A third person was in Z-Space. What happened? <laughs> yeah. So, interesting uh, thing about fandom is that there is mm-hmm. a popular fan theory. Um, that when Rachel is smooshed back together, it isn't a reintegration so much as just mean Rachel wins out. Um, which is distressing because of the obvious character implications for what that means for Rachel's characterization going forward. Yeah, yeah, just uh, a little bit. Oh, yep. pain. Uh, 
It doesn't get terrible first, but it does get pretty bad. And then at the very end, it gets a little better. Um, but we got a lot of ghost ghost writers. Yeah, like I've mentioned before, uh, Rachel becomes flanderized. Yeah. I mean, most of the characters do, but Rachel in particular gets flanderized into this hyper-violent person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I like I like the slight different take on that particular fan theory that this third altar of hers is just lost to the beach. Yeah, which in systems, this is a thing that can happen. A lot of the times when a person splits and develops like a dissociative disorder, they to the outside perspective, I will say, because a lot of this, like what I'm going into is more clinical than personal Mm -hmm. experience. There's some Mm -hmm. experience in here, but it's Unfortunately, with dissociative disorders, a lot of the research and stuff is very cold and very clinical, and it focuses on individualistic, like there is one person, and we have to make that one person happen again. Right. And not everybody who has a dissociative disorder wants that. Mm -hmm. It's called functional multiplicity, um, which is what we are striving for, and honestly, what we kind of have achieved, but... When someone splits and develops a dissociative disorder, they can lose pieces of that original person. And they, even if different alters will reintegrate with each other, they may not get those parts back. Mm -hmm. Because trauma, trauma changes a person, especially when you're a kid. It re, I've, I have said this so many times on this podcast. (laughs) Trauma rewires your brain. And you don't finish cooking until you're fucking 25. I realized that I had a dissociative disorder when I was a teenager. I don't know if I developed said disorder when I was a teenager or when I was younger, but I realized that it was there when I was a teenager. Some people don't really realize they have a dissociative disorder until they're an adult. This is not talking about people who survive natural disasters or combat. Specifically, I'm talking about people who maybe went through trauma in childhood. Um, people who experience natural disasters in combat are their own brand of trauma that also has a lot of other things going on with it. And like, Rachel is experiencing the combat side of this, but also mm-hmm. she's a child. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a fun, unhappy mix. <laughs> of both Um, and a lot of people who've been through physical violence will develop very violent personalities Mm -hmm. and that it rachel losing part of herself because she got literally cut in half and then becoming more violent to protect both herself and everybody around her as going forward like Flanderizing notwithstanding does make sense. Mm-hmm. She's she and the rest of them are going through so much that violence being a response and coping method for that trauma. That's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. I have lashed out to people for, especially when I was younger, when I was a early twenty something. I lashed out at people a lot, and the fact that some people still stayed my friends. <laughs> It's a miracle. Mm-hmm. I was never physically violent with people, but my words hurt. And as I've gotten older, it's gotten, I've had integrations, I've re-split off other people, etc. And, you know, now I'm at a point where I'm, we're mostly functional. I don't want to say we're completely functional because, you know, executive dysfunction, mm-hmm. which is its whole thing. But these kids still have to keep going despite all of this. They are still in this traumatizing situation. And you know what happens, but I don't. So I'm coming at this from I don't know when it's going to stop. Mm -hmm. They don't know when it's going to stop. 
They only know, well, Andalites are supposed to come help us at some point. But we don't know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or if it will happen at this point, because of all of the other interactions they've had with Andalites. So, like, they're trapped in this, and the fact that they still have to keep going, they still have to survive, and that none of them have just laid down and, you know, just wanted to die. I mean, they probably all, like, they probably all, to a degree, just want to fucking die at this point. (laughs) The depression is strong in all of them. Yeah, I mean, Tobias did canonically attempt suicide. Yes, three. He did. So like, he did do that. He did also turn into a bird. Yes, he's he's had a lot of bad things happen. <sighs> Tobias. Oh, I can't wait for you to listen to book thirty-three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna kill me. <laughs> uh-huh. You're gonna die. I'm gonna die. <laughs> but like. They all still have to keep going, and to do that, they have to find a coping coping method. And mm-hmm. dissociative disorders in response to ongoing violence like this is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And if I was doing my own fucking fiction for this shit, I, you know, let me let me go through who I think would develop a, dis- a dissociative complex dissociative disorder, and not just like. Uh, dissociative amnesia or depersonalization, derealization. Um, Tobias, mm-hmm. top of the list. Well, like a fucking ni- nice. Rachel even says like, uh, like I- I'm not even like. It's just at the end. Like they're both like two people. Mm-hmm. Tobias is a bird, but also a boy. So that would be there'd be bird and boy. <laughs> in there. <laughs> Maybe somebody else. But there'd definitely be bird and boy. <laughs> the two genders. The two genders. <laughs> Rachel. Mm-hmm. This book notwithstanding, but Rachel. Uh, and Jake. Mm-hmm. Jake would develop uh, like a little. I 100% like it feels weird to say that about somebody who is still a minor but Jake would develop a like would split off someone who is like 6 mm-hmm. who is much younger still really needs to be taken care of and can't or doesn't know how to do a lot of things on their own because Jake has to do everything mm-hmm. and he hates it So, like, those are, like, top three that I think would develop a dissociative, like, complex dissociative disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, Cassie would definitely develop dissociative amnesia. And Marco... The funny thing about, like, derealization and depersonalization is humor tends to be your coping method. Mm-hmm. So, Marco... And Axe is an alien, so I'm just gonna be like, I don't, I don't think, Axe has a lot of problems, and there is the confliction inside of him to do with his friends versus his duty as an Andalite. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that would develop into a complex dissociative disorder. That feels more like depersonalization and derealization would be where he'd end up. At least Mm -hmm. as one of the things that he would end up with. Trauma Mm -hmm. can cause many things. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Lots of people with a dissociative disorder end up with depression and anxiety. It can be comorbid with being autistic and ADHD. Um, You know, fun things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I live in hell. (laughs) Finger guns. Mm. God. Uh, And... All of this is what's known as, like, being traumagenic, which is a term that was uh, thought up in, like, 2014 um, by somebody on Tumblr. (laughs) Not in a mean way. Not in a mean way. This was somebody who was diagnosed with DID. Uh, Oh, Chevy's on the way home. Cool. I'm going to take my phone off my desk now. 
I don't need it anymore. Um, but they're systems that develop through trauma, very specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, as I'm looking for something else to tie into this, do you have anything that you want me to kind of go into or explain more? Or something that happened that you want me, like, in the book that you want me to, like, focus on again? Um, let's see. It's, it is really interesting to approach it from this perspective because it makes me less upset at the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, if you read the book from a perspective where you're not thinking about, like, a dissociative disorder, it's weird this book is that a dissociative disorder was definitely not ka's intent right if it was uh it would have been written uh the way that i talked about how people used to like the common view of mm-hmm. dissociative identity disorder slash multiple personality disorder right that's how it would have been written but because she was just looking at it as no rachel's literally split in half Mm-hmm. When you come at it with that lens, it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. It feels less gross, gimmicky, gross. Yeah, <laughs> gross. Like it's still like, not fantastic because yeah. this is not a fun thing to have happen, and it's oh, mean Rachel. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, Jade was extremely angry at this book. Oh, I um, imagine. I imagine. Um. Because, like, we both enjoy this premise, right? It's a very clever Mm -hmm. premise. It's a common sci-fi premise where you get to dig in a little bit more into characterization and what makes someone tick. And, you know, they get to confront themselves. Um, But when, when you're looking at this without this lens, it... All you see is just how extreme these supposed haves are. Yeah. And, like, neither... The things that we see mean and nice Rachel do are not things we have ever seen, quote-unquote, normal Rachel do. Yeah. Like, particularly the thing that, that... like, really rubbed me the wrong way. Because, uh, you know, we talked about how it would be interesting to see mean Rachel as overprotective Rachel. Right? Yeah. Someone, someone who is very responsive and, like you, like you mentioned, like an actual protector. Yeah. As opposed to someone who is just extremely fucking aggressive all the yeah. time. Um, for no reason. Um, but instead we get someone who kills animals for fun. Threatens to kill Tobias. Threatens to kill Tobias. Something that Rachel would never do. Yeah. Like, even that, for me, like, even coming at it with this lens, I was like, that's very weird. Yeah. Just her her willingness to kill the Animorphs. And, like, mm-hmm. some of it is almost assuredly just... um hyperbole basically in the same way that when you get really angry you might say something like that except that she seems to mean it (laughs) um but the just just how upset and angry she is at the other animorphs in particular and not in like it's not pointed right it's not like oh you know cassie is the one who thinks I'm a monster, you know, do you do you see the monster in me now, Cassie? Like, it's not... It, it's not pointed in that way, and so it just feels gross. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no reason for her to be angry like this, she just is. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a difference, really, between Mean Rachel and Persecutors, is Persecutors have a reason to be angry. They have mm-hmm. a reason to cause these problems. It may not be a good reason. (laughs) Arguably, it's not usually a good reason. (laughs) But they still have a reason, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't want to go into, like, other people's 
traumas and stuff. But I follow people. Like, we have a secret TikTok account for system-related things. Um, and we follow a lot of people, and some of them have persecutors who are split off, usually from something very specific that the host or the, if they have one, the core hates about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I uh, like, I hate a lot of things about myself. We've, n- I'm not going to say never. We have developed persecutors before, but we don't have one right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because thank God we have people who are like, shut the fuck up and stop talking about my friend like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, which is why it's it's interesting to think of mean Rachel as a persecutor like that, because we know that Rachel does hate that part of herself. But it's... Yes. In this context, without having somebody, like, that, those other parts of herself to bounce it off of, mm-hmm. feels weird. Yes. Like, if she and nice Rachel had more interactions together that weren't the way that they were... I think it would have come off better. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also something that also bothered me is the fact that like how quickly nice Rachel was to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that that's not a thing that could happen again. It's these are extremes, but right. Rachel doesn't cry. Mm-hmm. And Coming at this, like, if we were just coming at this without this lens, it'd be like, that's fucking weird. When you have a, uh, alter who is regressive, they are much more likely to cry. Mm-hmm. That is a thing that they will do. Or if you've got an alter who just their personality is just not the same like that. Like, Orpheus is more likely to cry than I am. It is so much easier to make him cry. <laughs> Whereas it's a lot harder to make me cry. And Royal mm-hmm. doesn't cry. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, things like that. Because we're looking at this also. These are two halves of Rachel. They are both Rachel. A lot of the times, alters are not... Like, their personalities can be very different from whoever they split off from. Mm-hmm. Like, their genders can be different, stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because they're effectively their own person. And right. what we get with this, with them being completely separate from each other, we don't really get the full sense that they're their own person. Because also, something that kind of really bothered me was how their brains were separated where... Um, nice Rachel had no short term, like, ability to, like, like, plan in the short term, and mean Rachel had no ability to plan in the long term. Mm-hmm. That makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> like, none. <laughs> Just in general, that makes no sense. Yeah, it's, um, that's actually one of the, one of the things that, uh, Jade and I did like about it because it's more interesting than mean and nice right oh yeah it is way more interesting it's it's much it's it talks much more about like who rachel is in in a more fundamental way and like her ability like she's smart we know that she is like she she has she's one of the top students yeah um and so like her ability to plan and also her ability to be decisive are good things to showcase. Yeah. Uh, but it it took away from seeing these two halves of herself as their own people. Mm. To a degree, like we weren't able to get like with with what you're saying, I can see that. And it does kind of give us an insight to Rachel as a whole, but we don't get to see these two parts of herself bounce off of each other in a way that feels narratively satisfying. Mhm. Kind of because of that. Mm-hmm. Because we are still being forced to think of these as two halves of one person. Right. Which is what K.A. was writing. Right. So, she was not mm-hmm. writing a dissociative disorder. <laughs> <laughs> and if she was, it would have been so bad! 
Yes. Thankfully, she was not writing a dissertation. <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to read that. I don't want to read that. <laughs> no. No, I don't. I don't need to be let down like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. God. Fuck. Where's one of my other notes? Let's see. Mm, there was also something like uh, when they were both talking to each other about how they had a hard time focusing. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that happens with me specifically. I'm not going to talk about other people who have dissociative disorders, but with me specifically when, like, more than one person is trying to be, like, conscious at the same time, like, mm-hmm. co-conscious or co-fronting, uh, which is, like, when fronting is when someone's in control of the body. So co-fronting means there's two people controlling everything. Uh, yes, it is as weird as it sounds. No, I don't really know how to explain how it works, because it just does. <laughs> but sometimes that makes it more difficult to focus. Because mm-hmm. we're both using a lot of brain power to try and pilot one human person. <laughs> uh, and so we get a lot of uh, Nice and Mean Rachel kind of just dissociating. Mm-hmm. Especially Nice Rachel. Nice Rachel just dissociates constantly. Yeah. And Mean Rachel ends up hyper-focusing on, like, just one thing. So she doesn't really have to think about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just like, gotta focus on the now. Now. Uh, and then causes problems on purpose. <laughs> God, her driving a fucking car through a bunch of hork though. <laughs> <laughs> and then beating a hork with her arm. <laughs> Truly iconic. Yep. <laughs> yep. God. Yep. Let's see. I had... Ah. Um... And then there's a little bit of just dis- something to be talked about here when it comes to, uh... The way that everybody kind of strong-armed them both into reintegrating. Mm-hmm. Which is an unfortunate thing that happens with a lot of, like, psy- uh, psychologists and therapists who work with people with dissociative disorders, is they will try to strong-arm that person, like, the, like, the goal has to be total integration, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they'll try and force it, which can, and if, uh, a system is not ready to face that trauma that it goes badly every time. Right. Which, as you talked about, it feels like after this point Rachel's lost something about herself. Mm-hmm. They were kind of forced to integrate and the integration was traumatic. Yep. Literally, it required them to get very aggressively electrocuted. Which, also, you know, electrocution therapy is a thing that gets done on people with dissociative disorders. So, you know. Hmm. Fun things. Fun uh, parallels that K.A. definitely didn't mean to draw that I'm just thinking about now. <laughs> uh-huh. You know. As it yeah. be. Ha- as it do. Mm-hmm. But... Nice Rachel does kind of come to, like, she's ready to try integration and right. face this trauma. Like, she comes to that point, but mm-hmm. mean Rachel has to be strong-armed into it. And if all, like, the thing is, is if all parties don't agree, it doesn't work the way that people want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Which is... It's just unfun. Sorry, now I'm looking at my note about the Barbie being melted into the Beast Wars Transformer toy thing. (laughs) My brain took like a moment just to go down the Animorphs Transformer toy hell. I have one. Oh, you do? Yeah, I have the Tobias one. I used to have the Jake one, but it got lost at some point. Aw, rip and rest. Those things are really hard to find. Yeah. Especially like not broken. Mm Mm-hmm. They're unfortunately from around the era of, like, Transformers toys, where, like, some of them, if you try and transform them, a part inside will literally disintegrate. Oh, no. 
and they're trapped in whatever like mode you just put them in forever <laughs> yeah a lot of like beast former toys were like that it is super unfortunate wow yeah actually trapped in morph yep <laughs> Rip and rest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Is there anything else? <laughs> There's a lot that I could start talking about that would make this go on forever. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think of more to talk about in relation to the book. Looking at my notes. Yeah. And looking over your notes, I think you've hit most of these. Yeah. I think I can talk more a little bit about how, like, a dissociative disorder develops. Because I do have an oversimplified way to explain how it develops that I got from another system on TikTok. Sure. Um, so, like, just to kind of go into, like, how this would develop, which is, again, how I can see how this would happen with these kids mm -hmm. is, and this is from the Enigma system on TikTok, uh, is that, like, as a kid gets older, like, their distinct emotions and personalities, which, you know, when you're a kid, tend to present in extremes because kids are still learning about emotions and about themselves and they're figuring themselves out. And so everything they do is so much more than adults do things. And sometimes kids will feel like they have, like, three distinct personalities because, you know, that's just how they work. And as they get older, all of that just blends into, like, one fully realized human person. Because, at least without trauma. But when a child, like, experiences trauma and starts using dissociation to cope with it, um, their brain will separate out those, like, extremes with, like, um amnesiatic barriers. Uh, A.K.A. they'll have, like, memory encoding problems. Those memories literally will not save properly to their brain. Um, and this can change those, like, extreme emotions uh, and, like, personalities to alternative states of mind or alters. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll split them from one person into three, four, however many the kid needs to cope. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that's why I can see this happening with these kids. Because, like, especially with this kind of trauma, where all of them have multiple times either actually died or almost died, witnessed severe horror in multiple different fashions... Mm -hmm. Had to commit severe horrors. And just dealing with all of that on a day-to-day, -day, the fact that they aren't already having memory problems is a miracle. Uh-huh. Because, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> just, God. Mm -hmm. I, constantly, I am just sad for these kids. They hurt uh -huh. me. They hurt me. Uh -huh. Yeah. Thank you for Welcome dragging to my me life into for this the hell. past 20 years, Izzy. <laughs> I've been dragged into hell. <laughs> God. Oh. I can't believe you've done this to me. Yes, I can. I can, in fact, believe you've done this to me. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I am not uh, even a little bit sorry. <laughs> I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to I have to read this because it was a funny joke to me. Okay. It's about integration. It's in my Let's Talk About Integration. <laughs> integration can also be referred to as fusion, which is a cheap tactic to make systems stronger. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm done now. That's it. <laughs> I, I made that joke last night and started cracking up. It's so dumb. <laughs> um, Danielle, if you want to put a link to these well I'll give you a new link so that people can't comment on this uh, or if you just want to put the so reference resources I've got mm -hmm. in the um, notes of this episode yeah I will so that folks can go in and look and if you do your own research on this stuff 
One, yet again, nothing I have said here has been medical advice. Please do not take it as such, and if you do so, it is at your own risk. Do your research. Please read through everything that you read and get as much information as you can. Complex dissociative disorders are exactly what they say on the tin. They're complex. And everybody experiences them differently. There are commonalities. There are common symptoms, and there are common root causes. Everyone experiences it a little differently, just like with any mental health disorder. Do your research. A lot of the resources that I pulled, uh, especially the ISST-D.org website, that is like the official shit for this. Okay? Do your research. <laughs> Uh, don't just go to a therapist and be like, I want to know more about this. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, and don't launch yourself into the community. There's a lot going on in there. And I'm tired. <laughs> I'm not going to say more than that. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But this book was good. I wish that they had spent more time on both of the Rachels interacting with each other and as mm -hmm. people rather than mm -hmm. just as two halves of one person. And I wish mm -hmm. that they had spent more time on their reintegration rather than just, we're going to electrocute them and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> badly. The answer is always badly. What the fuck, y'all? <laughs> Eric especially should know that. Also, wait, hold on, hold on, wait a second. I just thought of this. How was he able to electrocute them? Oh, he's a robot. No, 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 no. That's committing <laughs> violence to a person. Oh, good point. That is committing violence to a person. Does it override that programming if the net result is less violence? Or is the know. two halves of Rachel not considered a person? I don't know. Because, like, how was he able to do that? That is a plot hole. Yeah, it is. That is a... I just so, thought of that. So, doyalistically, the answer is... Eric is as non-violent as the plot needs him to be. Yes! That's boring. <laughs> <laughs> However... What the hell? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, y'all? <laughs> uh i think i think it falls under the i think it makes sense for it to fall under the realm of um the net positive outweighs yeah. the net negative yeah because mean like rachel is just so fucking violent that yeah doing this does more good than it does harm yeah which is dumb but <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's the one that makes the most sense. It mm -hmm. makes it, it it feels better than uh, the two halves of Rachel aren't a person. Yes, because uh, that just felt bad to say the first time, and saying it again didn't feel any better. Mm -hmm. <sighs> oh, God, these books are so much. They are a lot. Yes. <laughs> God. Uh, All right. All right. Uh, Izzy, thank you so much for coming to be on the podcast. Yeah! Um, and talking about this thing that is complicated and, uh, very, uh, what's the word? Layered. Yes! Oh my god. Again, I did a lot of research last night just to make sure, because I know all of this, like, in my brain, just from experience, the experiences of others, and what research I've done myself, but I didn't have the, the, like, the sources just mm -hmm. right there. A lot of what was put into that document, it was just straight up copy pasted from those sources so that I could just quick reference it. Mm -hmm. Except for the bit where I started going into, this is personal experience, you know? Right, yeah. Which is not cl any clinical anything that is my personal experiences. Mm -hmm. um, it is uh, just very complicated. Mental, yes. mental health is complicated. <laughs> mental health concerning yeah. these kids, super complicated. Uh, yeah. It turns out that when you force <laughs> a lump of salt and fat to do, like, complex shit, um, it doesn't always work out really well. No, it doesn't. 
Oh god, we realized that we were were pe- like we we had self-awareness brought on to us and we we're like, "Oh god." <laughs> we take it back. <laughs> uh, do we want to do the ending questions with me or not? Nah? Uh, sure, if you want to answer them. Uh, yeah. what was your favorite part? I think my favorite part was when Jake said, actually, was it Jake or was it Cassie? I think it was Jake. Um, basically when nice Rachel realized that Rachel's sense of duty was part of her. Mm-hmm. That was such an interesting moment where she just kind of got yanked out of her own shit. Like, ah, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, did anything surprise you? The starfish thing happened like so early in the book. Like, <laughs> like that's the first thing. I was not expecting it to be the first thing that happened. I was expecting other shit to happen first. No, they go on a field trip to the beach, and up oh, Rachel's just cut in half. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yep. Like I messaged yep. you like as soon as I was like, damn, what the fuck. <laughs> I think we've already gone over was there any part that didn't make sense or that I didn't understand that yeah yes <laughs> yeah I can't believe I didn't even I didn't even blink at it I've never blinked at that at, <laughs> with Eric at the end like yeah. never once questioned it yeah yeah. I didn't question it at first until we started like I started talking and then I was like wait a second Eric what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> Uh, essential Animorphs reading. I think this is like, eh. I think you should read it, but not necessarily as essential Animorphs reading, like plot wise, eh. Um, but I think that reading it isn't going to take anything away. This isn't the toilet book. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, I don't think it'll hurt how you view, like, any of the characters going forward. Uh, I don't think it necessarily adds a whole lot, but it would definitely help kind of give you an idea of what the fuck is up with Rachel after this point. Mm -hmm. Which I don't know, but from assumptions and just you... <laughs> saying words i can assume it's it's it sure is a time i, I sure do say a lot of words you <laughs> sure do say a lot of words or just give us that fun nervous laugh you do when you're like uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> so uh-huh <laughs> yeah that <laughs> <laughs> Enjoyable though. Uh, besides, like the cringiness of how extreme everything is, like putting this book down was difficult. Like it, it, it started going and it didn't stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it a was, ride. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, Izzy, tell folks where they can find you. Yeah, so I've been Izzy. You can find me on Twitter at the Sean Deer. You can find me on Tumblr at uh, lotsadeer.tumblr.com. You can find the uh, podcasting collective I'm part of, Hearthside Enclave at HS Enclave. You can find the actual play podcast I'm part of uh, at Hope's Hearth Pod on Twitter. And you can find the Redwall Reread podcast I do, uh, directly inspired by this podcast. Uh, at Abby Archives on Twitter. You can also find uh, all three of those on Tumblr under the same URLs. Uh, please follow them on Tumblr. I post more there and I post memes. It's fun. <laughs> uh, and I've been Danielle. You know who I am. You just listened to my outro, probably. <laughs> um, but, you know. Red Tail Talk 90 basically everywhere. I have a brand and that brand is very strong. Oh, it's uh, so strong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do a clap. <laughs>
Uh, at 15? Yeah. 